audio is thinking and it's all set, ready to go. Chair Riley, I'm admitting all the um, public right now and all participants are in the meeting. Good afternoon, Chair Riley. This meeting has been held pursuant to government code section 54953E and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Economic Development Advisory Committee for November 1st, 2021 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Tom Riley. Welcome to our Economic Development Advisory Committee meeting for November 1st, 2021. I do want to start with just a great shout out to our Parks and Rec Department, our police, our fire, our public safety volunteers, many merchants, and nonprofit organizations that all participated in an amazing Halloween celebration last night on Caledonia Street. Their turnout was fantastic. Such a great opportunity for our community to come together uh, and celebrate, uh, recognize one another, and uh, bring our young children out in a very safe environment. It was truly, truly great. Uh, I know it was organized by the Park and Recs team, and I just wanted to give them a shout out. So thanks, everyone. With that, we, uh, we will uh, get started with our meeting. Um, we have a agenda that's been published, but before we jump in, I'd just like to ask for a roll call by Serge. Please, can you do a roll call, Serge? Bob LaLanne. Present. John DeRay. Here. Scott Thumberg. Here. Chris Gallagher. Here. Malcolm Morgan. Malcolm's trying to get on. Walter Lemmerman. Here. Monica Finnegan. Here. Don Daglo. Here. Teresa Ancona. Present. And Chair Riley. Present. And I think uh, we also have to check for uh, Rachel Stout. Pardon me, and Rachel Daniel Stout. Present. You want to see if Malcolm has made it in yet? I don't see him. Sir Riley, I don't see Malcolm in the room yet. All right. Um, just I will highlight our agenda for today, and then we'll go to public comment for items that are not on this agenda. Uh, we are going to have a presentation by the CDA. A creative digital agency on the marketing project update. We're then going to have a discussion on upcoming events and some events that have taken place. We will be discussing business development progress as well as our work on diversification. And then we will go over our accomplishments this past year and discuss priorities of future projects we can work on. That comprises our agenda. I will work to keep us on time. But at this moment, can we ask for public comment for items that are not on the agenda? Chair Riley, I just wanted to, um, wanted to point out that Malcolm Morgan has joined the meeting. I do not see any hands raised at the moment. Wonderful. All right, let's um, move to the minutes. Um, we have minutes from our uh, last few meetings. So they've posted from 
6-7 and 8-2 are EDAC minutes. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? I'll make a motion to approve. I'll make a motion to approve. I'll second. John. Serge, can you take a roll call on that motion and second, please, to approve the minutes? Bob LaLanne? Approved. John DeRay? Approved. Rachel Danielle Stodd? Approved. Scott Thunberg? Approved. Chris Gallagher? Approved. Malcolm Morgan? Yes, approved. Walter Lemmerman? Approved. Monica Finnegan? Approved. Don Daglow? Approved. Teresa Ancona? Approved. And Chair Riley? Approved. Thank you everyone for that unanimous approval. Now we can move on to our business items. So the first item um, is going to be a discussion and update uh, about our marketing project. And thanks to the support of our city manager, we were able to execute the contract with CDA, Creative Digital Agency. Uh, and we have commenced that project. This will be their first presentation to us on their objectives, priorities, and focus for the coming months. Um, this has been uh, a long project uh, in the making, and this is a very exciting time to kick this off. Uh, I think we'll have a good discussion. We've allocated 30 minutes for this presentation. Uh, we will uh, have the opportunity to ask questions. We'll open up for public comment, and then we will close out this item. So with that, I'd like to uh, see if Scott, if you'd like to give an introduction to Kevin and team, and we'll go from there. All right, thank you for that. Um, well, I'm excited to, uh, to show everyone what we have been working on for the last few months. Um, again, as Tom said, big thank you to the city manager and city staff for helping us get the contract over the finish line. We're really excited to get started. So um, taking in all of the, the feedback that we've gathered over the last few months and um, from, from all of the people on this call and, and more, uh, we have, uh, CDA has put together a, a proposal um, of some uh, marketing uh, campaign ideas that we'll be talking through today. Uh, we'll also go through some of the KPIs of how we'll be measuring this, as you know. Uh, with the city making this kind of investment, we want to make sure that we're measuring every step of the way. So um, Kevin's going to walk us through some of that, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, as always, there's still always room for, for feedback, and we, we love your, your ideas and your thoughts. So uh, if you have additional thoughts, um, then please send them to me after the meeting, and we can relay those on to, uh, to CDA. Um, but with that, I'm going to stop and hand it over to Kevin. Um, and Kevin, I will uh, also make you a co-host. You can share your slides. Thank you, Scott. I have a quick question for Tom. Just so I understand for timing, uh, should we leave uh, the time for Q&A within that 30 minutes, I'm assuming? Uh, yes, please, Kevin. Okay, great. All right, in that case, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Uh, first, just wanted to reiterate all the thanks that uh, Tom and Scott just said. I really appreciate everybody being so... Um, so invested here and uh, getting this project rolling. Um, and we're really, really excited to get started here just in time for the holidays. Um, I spoke with a few mem uh, members of EDAC. I'm hearing a weird echo. There, I think I got one away. Uh, spoke with a few members of EDAC. Uh, recently, um, we went through a, a similar presentation to this, got a little bit of feedback, make some, uh, some changes. We got some input 
about some some realities of local businesses and so those updates will now be reflected on uh, this presentation so real quick just an overview of what we've been engaged to do um, for the next 24 months we've been engaged to do six months a year of pr services we'll be running the social media posting and community management for the destination south salito uh, social media profiles um, and we're going to be doing a small amount of creative production as well photo and video content graphic design things like that that's kind of an on-demand service based uh, around need so probably as there are like large events that align with the campaigns we're going to be running we'll be doing some creative production support as well and we'll be doing digital advertising uh, specifically on uh, paid search and we'll also be running paid display which is uh, video and images uh, as ads as well and then of course we'll be doing ongoing communications and reporting in terms of who we are trying to reach we basically can categorize into three or four groups the people that we really want to reach with this um, number one is visitors, but we're being very particular about what we mean when we say visitors, because we want to make sure we aren't targeting um, what we would call low value, high impact visitors, which can basically be characterized as people who don't have a spending agenda, who are going to come and take some pretty pictures, but they're not going to buy anything, they're not going to eat anything, um, they're just going to maybe kind of clog up traffic. So we want to avoid those kinds of people and um, demographics that would that up and instead we want to target specifically people who are going to be here overnight increasing the transient occupancy tax and locals uh, but locals from high income zip codes so people who are going to have the kind of discretionary income that we want patronizing all the businesses in South City. next target is residents looking to increase both local spending but also uh, educating the residents uh, about the value of uh, of visitor spending and the uh, positive uh, impact that makes on residents' quality of life. And third is we'll be working in partnership with everybody at EDAC to promote any work that's being done to promote new businesses to, uh, to the business community at large. Our objectives and goals, we had a slightly different version of the objectives and goals the last time, uh, last time we spoke. We've honed in on those as these five, but there's one in particular that we've identified as our core objective, and that's to try to increase off-season hotel occupancy, which we're defining as from the months of December through the month of April. Um, this is where we just see the, the greatest potential impact to be made on revenue for the city. Uh, secondary objectives would be increasing sales tax revenue throughout the year, attracting new businesses, retaining existing businesses, business owners happy, uh, encouraging spending from locals and the surrounding community, and like I said, educating residents on the benefits of this visitor-generated revenue that's coming uh, as Scott mentioned, we want to make sure that we're always tracking uh, our KPIs. I put together this spreadsheet um, where we'll be able to quant all of the different performance metrics that we would be looking at for a campaign like this. I've broken it into different categories, which I'll talk about briefly here. Um, basically, when you're talking about marketing and advertising, you focus on the type of media, which is the type of audience that you're reaching. And you have three categories of that. You have earned media, meaning is somebody else has decided to share your information with their audience. That's generally thought of as like PR or someone on social media with their own audience starts talking about Sausalito and we didn't pay them anything to do that. That's earned media. We've done something exciting and now they're uh, creating exposure for the city. Owned media is stuff that the city owns. That's examples of like your social media accounts, your website, um, the actual physical space within the city, the Sausalito Currents newsletter. 
Uh, paid media is exactly what it sounds like. It's paid ads. We're paying someone else for their for their audience. So for example, Google, we're paying their search audience, right, to run ads for people who are searching for things that are relevant. Um, and, and we have different metrics that we will be tracking for each of these. Um, so for example, you're looking at PR, we'll look at how many publications we get, uh, what the audience is for traditional, that means everything that's not a digital audience, so print, broadcast, things like that. Uh, the estimated coverage views uh, for digital readership. So for example, you get published in Visit California, millions and millions of people visit that website, but you can't realistically say that they all saw that piece of content. So we have a projection on how many people actually saw specifically the Sausalito content. And then the estimated number of YouTube views and social shares. Um, I'll, I'll share this and everybody can give feedback and, and, and detail on these metrics, but these what we're looking at tracking quarter over quarter um, when we do a check-in. These will all be quantifiable metrics that we can be reviewing. And at the bottom, of course, we're looking at things that are directly uh, the revenue. So this isn't directly attributed, but we can track the incremental impact we're seeing on sales tax revenue, on transient occupancy tax, and on hotel occupancy. And of course, these are things that have to be provided to us by the city and the business owners for us to build up the spreadsheet. So I want to start off real quick with who our target is. So if we're talking primarily about overnight visitors, this is data just from Cabala Point Lodge, and it nicely aligns with the people we want visiting. So the people coming to the hotels, at least from Cabala Point Lodge, are the kind of people that we want to be attracting. So we're already going in the right direction. Um, almost all of them have a high income potential. Um, even over the course of the pandemic, there wasn't a big impact on um, the demographics. So the pandemic hasn't had a big impact on the audience. Um, you'll notice these charts. It looks like there's a big discrepancy between men and women here, but if you look at the numbers, it's actually just about 50-50. So it's a really even spread demographically um, and by age as well. Um, all of the people in their prime spending years, 36 to 65, are the people that we're reaching. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, go ahead. Charts are very hard to read because they're so small. So mm -hmm. if you're pointing to them, if you could explain what they're telling us, that would be helpful. Yeah, I mean, the, the generally what we're seeing here, um, this is just a you know, high level side, what we're seeing here is that they're, they're actually, that we're where we want to be in terms of who is who is already showing an interest in Sausalito, right? So it's not like we have to do a messaging pivot or anything as far as the hotels are concerned, but they are on track in terms of how they are presented from a business standpoint, right? So we are getting people who are working age, which is exactly the age we want, especially people 40 and over, they're gonna be staying longer and we don't need to specifically be calling out specific demographics because we're seeing an equal number of men and women married and single and with child and without child in the household. Um, and that hasn't been impacted strongly by the pandemic. Uh, if we look at the geographies that are driving people in, um, I need to get quant from these, uh, from the city in order to prioritize, but this gives us our geographic ballparks to play in. But we're talking about people who can be doing longer stays, this is people who are a little bit further away. These are the um, these are the destinations that have been showing interest. We're looking at weekenders. These are local California cities that could be doing weekend stays. And in the future, we'll be looking at international. Of course, right now, the pandemic. That's not something that's on. So jumping into the next couple of months, um, one thing we had floated previously was looking at business travelers and workations, but we had. Uh, having spoken with the hotels, decided that wasn't a good target audience just based on cell service and Wi-Fi. 
not being as competitive as uh, other destinations. So instead we're shifting in the holidays uh, in the short term, we're gonna be focusing on uh, events and shopping uh, agendas because that's really what is newsworthy that's coming up in the immediate. Um, in terms of the holiday audience, what the data is showing is that it's locals, uh, and by locals, I mean people within the 100 mile radius are much more likely to come visit. So we're looking at people who have a drivable radius to be driving our overnights to day trip. Um, upcoming important dates for this. Um, Monica, I appreciate you sending this over to me here. We can just see what's coming up in the next month. And if we're gonna be driving overnights or even weekends, we, need a, we wanna start promoting some of these things as soon as possible. We can discuss that more during the Q&A. Um, but you can see really it's going to be holiday events. There's a lot of really cool stuff seems happening in the month of December. So we'll want to make sure that we're putting together not just that these events are happening and it's timely, but also trying to put together what an actual itinerary would be. So if you're coming for uh, the week, uh, weekend of the 4th and the 5th, and these are the cool things happening in town, what would your actual whole day look like, right? You're not coming just for these things. We want to make sure that we have you know, a recommended agenda planned out that's going to include where you're eating, places to shop after you've had your breakfast with Sam. So, um, as a summary in terms of uh, what our research found and just an overview of what we're looking to do, uh, our messaging is going to focus around kind of these three things. Number one, we want to focus on what is there to do. So uh, there are a lot of great resources on your own channels right now about attractions and itineraries, but it's not being proactively pushed out as much as it could. So that's where we come in as saying, okay, here's the itineraries. How do we push these out? Get these in front of people before they visit South Salido, before they even think to visit South Salido. On social media, a switch we wanna do is placing a greater emphasis. Um, I'll go into the creative direction in a minute, but we wanna put a greater emphasis on actually interacting with the community and driving attention from the community. Um, oh, let me... Admit. And specifically focusing um, not not just on the natural beauty and the vistas, but also on, on shopping agenda. And then lastly, we want to look at extending the length of visits, which means itineraries, especially if we're looking at a day trip visit, make it an all-day itinerary, and making sure that we're getting people in there for uh, you know at least like meal to meal with a shopping agenda in between, or a, a fun like activity in between. Um, in terms of creative considerations, as we talk, we want to start targeting an older audience, which means Gen X and, and boomers, not necessarily retirees, um, versus millennials or people with young children. The general guidelines that we're going to be looking at creatively is we want to focus on exclusivity, not inclusivity. So rather than everybody is welcome here, this is this is something for everybody, we want to focus more on the kind of luxurious feel of um, happy and healthy lifestyle. We want to make sure that we're showing um, age-appropriate user-generated content for this audience. That's just what people psychologically respond the best to. And we want to avoid messaging related to retirees. Even people who are retired don't really tend to respond to that uh, for this kind of uh, shopping message. So this is a quick chart just to go through different media channels that we'll do, be doing outreach on and which audience of our three will be doing for each one, right? So. The hit our visitor audience, both overnight and uh, weekend, and just the local high-income areas. We'll be looking at local influencer marketing, uh, owned websites, paid media, digital search, and PR, um, and uh, destination-owned social media. To attract new businesses, we'll be looking at paid media kind of as a reactive tactic, depending on what, what's happening. 
PR, and then also the city of Sausalito website and social media. Then lastly, for re residents, we're looking at the city uh, social media, the city website. Um, a great channel is the uh, Sausalito Currents newsletter. So trying to support that with content information, um, that's just going to be your greatest direct channel to reaching your, your resident audience. Um, and then other communications from the chamber will also be from the businesses. One thing I, I want to apply, we do need to still be granted um, certain privileges in order to proceed with So considerations for these kinds of media. Number one is we always want to take, especially with a new client like Sausalito, and this is a brand new initiative for the city, our mindset is we want to take what's called a test and learn. So we aren't just going to allocate all of our money for the whole year and press play and be done with it. Um, that wouldn't be responsible. We're going to be adjusting throughout as needed based on what's working, what's not working. Uh, every quarter we'll have enough time to really see how things have performed and we'll look at budget allocation. So a specific budget allocation was approved by the city, um, but we recommend that that budget allocation be reviewed and adjusted, um, you know, put more here and less here throughout the year based on performance. Um, we're going to look at the uh, media flight dates quarterly. We're going to be looking at the seasonal factors and the occupancy rates that we're seeing. Um, but as we said, primarily the, the visitor, uh, overnight visitor emphasis is going to be during the off season. Um, and then for just targeting overnights, we're looking at a hundred mile radius and for local visitors, we're looking at less than 50. Our primary profile is going to be people over the age of 40. We're on uh, zip codes where the median household income is over a hundred thousand and they have interests categories that line up with what's household has One more uh, consideration is you just look at the timing of overnights throughout the year, but especially in the off season, which are where these blue circles are, regardless of the purpose of the visit, most people are planning uh, uh, within two weeks of the visit in terms of the actual booking, but the planning is longer than that. So we wanna just make sure that if we're looking for driving anything for the month of December, we wanna be starting as soon as possible in terms of outreach and awareness. I know we're you're officially launching the South Salido holiday um, campaign, I think on November 22nd, but I was wondering if it would be possible for us to start putting together materials and outreach um, to people a little bit before that, just to give, if we're, if we're wanting to drive over and I just give people enough time to really plan. The project schedule here, um, this is TBD, but our preliminary schedule we're looking at, we had our kickoff meeting uh, starting uh, end of last month, and now we're moving right away. We wanna start getting web and social media search up and running, and we'll immediately be starting with uh, visitor and resident holiday uh, shopping and shop local promotions. Move into the new year with promoting local events. All right, so that was uh, my presentation. I want to open it up to questions from everybody. Uh, I see John with his hand. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thanks for the presentation. Um, uh, I don't know how to put this, but I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with uh, some of the language in this presentation. And, you know, I, I realize Kevin is not uh, a day-to-day -day member of the community and doesn't hear a lot of what's going on in the community. But, um, boy, when you say things like um, exclu exclusivity instead of inclusivity, that's a real dangerous and inappropriate thing, I think, to say in, in this community. Um, 
So I, I understand the goal of this is to increase the, the sales revenue. I'm oh, happy to let me finish. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, let, let me finish. Let me finish. You know, I, I understand that, that, that the goal is to increase the income to the city. This is what the, the Economic Development Advisory Committee is about. But um, the, the strategy, I think, needs, I, I don't know, just we need to talk about it a little bit more because, um, you know, we, 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 we need to be sensitive to what this presentation is messaging out to, to, to people. And um, I, I don't really know exactly how to put it. I, I will tell you this. I was, yesterday I was at the Halloween event. We had a table there with the Working Waterfront Coalition. And I saw a lot of Marin City kids there and it was so great to see those kids. And, you know, we got to really reach out to our, our neighboring communities and um, figure out a way to do that. Um, so that's that's what I have to say about this. I don't know if anybody feels the same way, but it's just something. Hey, John, let me let me jump in and, um, and also just you. let me jump in and also clarify. I, I think you may have misunderstood um, the goal of what we mean by exclusive. It's not exclusivity isn't that we are excluding other people, um, but it is exclusivity in the sense of like, it's something that you want that you don't have now. Um, in the same way that like, uh, you think about like exclusive destinations that are, um, it's something special. It's not that we are excluding other people and we can definitely clarify that because that is not the goal. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you, Scott. That's a, that's exactly exactly correct. It's, it's you, a better a better term if you look if you look at the actual languages, luxury and exclusivity, uh, it, it means uh, highly, highly desirable uh, items, right? Um, it, it just means looking at a, um, a kind of a, a more luxury and more kind of an expensive message. I, 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 I understand that it's, it's the, de the demographics, I think, is also something. Uh, I see Rachel has something to say there. Mm -hmm. And this is Tom. I was just going to share one thing. I had a similar reaction. John when I saw those words and I understand the exclusivity and exclusive experience we want to draw people to our waterfront and what have you uh, I I have issue with the word not inclusivity because we do want to be an inclusive community and we do want to have uh, anyone and everyone welcome in our community so I, I support a marketing campaign that's marketing our exclusive attributes um, but we want to be an inclusive committee Rachel yeah, thanks, Tom. And thanks, Kevin. I appreciate your presentation. I also, I screenshotted that slide and the language focus on luxury and exclusivity, comma, not inclusivity. I'm not comfortable with that at all. Um, I am on the subcommittee's focus on diversity. So like, just from a messaging standpoint, I understand it's marketing language, but I just just for the record, like very uncomfortable with that. And then I was also really uncomfortable um, with, you know, obviously we don't want to target anyone who's not going to spend money in the community um, from a marketing perspective, but I also think sensitivity in language when uh, working with the community would mean a lot to me because saying they were going to clog up the roadways and approaching it from that perspective is very off-putting because that's not uh what i would consider part of our culture here mm -hmm. so really just sharing with you that with you uh as 
as um, my first response to the presentation. I, I understand. And to, 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 to clarify again about that, I, I understand. And I think that, that it makes a lot of sense that they're, especially with the current cultural climate, uh, that those are words that take on uh, different levels of meaning to different people. Uh, I do want to reiterate, we're talking about the product being an exclusive product, not the audience being non-inclusive non audience. That, and, and in fact, what we were seeing was that the, the visitor population is demographically very, very diverse. And so that's, that's not at all the intention of the presentation. Uh, I think Sandra actually had her hand up first. And then, uh, we'll go to after we have a uh, discussion here. Kevin, so uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what you said, Tom. Um, we are not on public comment yet, so these are just questions uh, from committee members to you. Sure, sorry, I'll let you. I'll let you call them. <laughs> Tom, go ahead. I will make a further comment, though. Um, Kevin, would you be so kind as to change the language in the presentation because these are public sure. documents. Yeah, of course. Uh, and we are a very inclusive community that can always do better, um, but also for our committee members. We are targeting people that are going to stay in our hotels overnight, uh, and we want to draw them from you know uh, good distances, mm -hmm. uh, and we want to market an exclusive product for those people we're trying to draw, uh, all the while being inclusive for anyone who is always welcome in our community. So I see Chris has her hand up. Chris, would you like to comment? Yeah, I just wanted to get some more clarification um, about who who exactly we're marketing to I I could think I heard that we're not going to market to retirees because they don't look at social media is that I'm, no, I'm that but, is not uh, okay so if you could just walk me through that a little bit more just um, because obviously that's a population and has much more dispensable income than maybe some of the other populations do so um, yeah, no, happy to, happy to clarify. Retirees are one of our target visitor personas. So it's not that we are not targeting retirees. They're actually probably one of the best fits for the kind of audience we're looking to hit associated. From a messaging perspective, in terms of what we're talking, how we talk about visitors and how we talk about Sausalito, um, some destinations really position themselves as a destination for retirees, and they're very explicit about that. What we're seeing with our research is just that kind of messaging is not going to necessarily resonate with that audience the way, like talking about healthy, active lifestyle kind of messaging and, and especially those like wellness offerings. So it's just saying specifically, we don't want to focus on it as a retiree destination, but certainly we'll be targeting people who are retired. It comes up how we talk about Sausalito. It's not who, who we want. We certainly, uh, our target audience for this campaign you know, yeah, yeah, in a great world, we have everybody attract, but we have limited spend. And so we're looking at what's going to drive the best, you know, revenue for the city with that spend. And what we're seeing is uh, an audience over the age of 40, we're looking at in terms of the best overlap in terms of what the city has to offer and the greatest uh, potential revenue. Okay, thank you. No problem. Um, uh, Walter has his hand up. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, Kevin, for the presentation. I had a question that's kind of unrelated to the other comments. How does the tourism health of San Francisco affect your plan? Um, there's a, a theories that Saucedo really kind of gets um, 
people who come as a primary destination, San Francisco, and then they come over to Sausalito um, for a, uh, you know, as a add-on to their trip to San Francisco. But the issue is with San Francisco, the condition of the city right now, uh, some people have been concerned that that affects uh, the desire of um, tourists to come to, to, you know, to Sausalito because they're not coming to San Francisco. So have you had, does that impact at all what your plan is for, um, I know we're a digital thing, uh, you're, you're doing a digital marketing, but does that have any impact by chance? I mean, it's, it'll almost certainly have an impact on like incremental visit, visitation, but in the, sh uh, especially in the short term, which is what we're talking about right now, we're looking at um, like primarily like an audience of like local uh like local residents within 50 miles or who are inhabiting the cities within 50 miles of Sausalito. Um, so we're not specifically uh, at this time targeting that. Uh, in the future, we may look at that as a digital um, tactic. But for example, you can go on, you know, like uh, hotel booking sites and you can actually run advertising for people who are looking to book a hotel room in San Francisco. And you can serve them ads to book in Sausalito instead, right? That's something we may want to explore uh, down the road, but for this initial off-season campaign, that's not going to be something we're looking for. Uh, Don, I think, is next. Don Daglo? Yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to kick in just behind what Tom had said, that I think that doing some rework based on what you're hearing mm -hmm. on the terminology is important because of perception and marketing talk and the way that, non, that everyday people uh, phrase things are so different. So I just wanted to reaffirm Tom's request we clearly, the marketing committee having worked with you, we understand your intentions are mm -hmm. different from that perception, but those perceptions feel reasonable. And I also felt it strongly looking at the slide. So I just wanted to reinforce Tom's comment that it's worth the time to do the edits because we don't want to miscommunicate. So no, no. And I, I, I appreciate the perspective of people who are not in my industry <laughs> and the, the different connotations words have. I'll say that. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it's no problem at all to just change that to something that I don't think anyone could possibly have a problem with. I mean, it makes, you know, it makes sense for, especially for a destination like Sausalito, that if you're going to be paying money to get people to come, you want it to be the people who are going to spend the most money. It's going to be the best return on investment for, for the city. Um, and the best way to do that is to um, look at messaging that says, hey, we've got something really fancy and special here, right? And that's And that's just the kind of that's that's all that slide was meant to say. So yeah, I'm happy to, to, to fix it. I appreciate everybody's. Kevin, this is Tom. Mm -hmm. um, one, thank you for putting that chart on the KPIs together. I think that's very important that we track, you know, our returns. Mm -hmm. uh, two things. One for our city staff. I hope you can help us get the sales tax revenue, and I'd like to go back eight quarters so we could start trending. Um, our sales tax, TOT, and hotel occupancy rates. So we can really see if we're having an effect on those. Uh, so that's just an ask, no need to respond. Um, and then when we set out objectives, and I'm, I'm excited we're doing this in December, right? To promote those three weekends in December. Um, it's right around the corner. We can get quick results because it's a contained time frame. Can we set goals for those KPIs? Let's say we spend $7,000 on this effort. Mm -hmm. um, can we translate that to how many impressions we want, how many click-throughs we want? Um, and at some point, you know, if mm -hmm. we're spending seven thousand dollars, I think we should we should calculate how many hotel rooms we want to fill, 
mm-hmm. and how much items we want to sell based on the taxes we collect to cover that return. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we set goals in advance that are, you know, kind of objectives we know if we're successful or not? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, 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 um, we can look, I would look at spend as a proportion of, uh, of, of turnaround. I would think for a, the very first campaign we're running, I don't you know exactly what we're going to be seeing in terms of overwhelming return just to set expectations like immediately from the very first campaign. Um, these seem to you know, take a little time to, to see then. But yeah, as, especially if we're talking about activities and engagement, then absolutely we can put a projected you know, cost. Like, look, here's what we're going to be getting in terms of impressions, clicks, engagement. You know, Here's what we're looking at in terms of follower count growth, engagement rate growth, all that kind of activity, absolutely. In terms of an immediate impact on sales tax revenue and, and hotel beds, I will put together what best practices for the industry are in terms of typical like expectations. Um, and then we'll see where we're stacking up against those benchmarks after the financial campaign. Thank you. I see Vice Mayor has her hand up. Uh, yeah, thank you, Chair Reddy. Um, great to see you all. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for the presentation. My apologies, I was a little late. I had a doctor's appointment. Um, but I did catch um, some of the uh, presentation towards the end. Um, I, I think I just heard you talk about wanting to attract um, a visitor that would uh, have a higher price point or, or look to be spending more money. Did you um, look at all about targeting by transportation type, meaning um, folks who arrive by tour bus versus by independent vehicle? versus by boats. Um, so we have 2,000 uh, slips in our marinas, and I think boats probably aren't that cheap, nor is a slip. So that seems like a, um, a good uh, demographic to probably target. And I don't know if they are more specific target versus folks that arrive on a tour bus, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that type of segmentation. Yeah, I mean, we, we aren't specifically targeting by like bus people riding by bus, that's not something we're, we're looking at targeting by. Um, as far as boats, that was a conversation we'd had back uh, when we, uh, earlier in the summer. Um, and what my understanding was, and, and I'm happy to get, you know, more information and kind of redirect on this, but was the, the in terms of looking at the boat owner audience, uh, the it was actually like a, a specifically like driving business revenue through like trade publications, as something to explore for that, um, rather than come visit us for like for the weekend. Uh, that that there wasn't a large enough audience and there wasn't a large enough capacity to justify that was what I uh, understood. Um, whereas it was like, if you need to come by and you're doing a tour of you know the West Coast, make sure to stop off at Sausalito because we have all these wonderful facilities for boat owners, for repair and for, for you know, birthday trip. But it wasn't like, come here for the holidays. That wasn't really... Like that kind of a campaign wouldn't align with that audience, but as a separate campaign just for that audience um, was what we were looking for. And may I Vice Mayor, I think in this initial campaign, we're explicitly targeting folks that are gonna come by cars from cities within 50 to 100 miles, who will come here for a weekend to do shopping and experience, stay in a hotel, and experience one of our weekends. That's kind of the target. Uh, and since the get-go, we've been pretty explicit that we do not want to target uh, tourists from San Francisco that are coming over on bus or bike just for a day experience. Uh, that's not in our target. We feel like we have adequate numbers of those at this point. Um, really, we're looking for 
regional community loyalty and overnight visitors, and we're focusing on the offices. Monica has her hand up. Yes, I just wanted to, to your point about asking the staff for some support. Um, I know that Kevin has been trying to get social media contacts from our um, Kimber people. So that would be really helpful if the staff could help orchestrate that. And I think also just maybe an uneducated response to Janelle's comment. I don't think we have that many ghost, ghost, guest um, spots here for boats, do we? Enough that would make an impact? At this time, we do not. Yeah, I think we only have like 12 guest spots or something. But it's a great idea, and it's something that we should definitely look at. So that's just, as I said, uneducated comment. Does everybody who owns a boat live here? Uh, no, there's a lot of people, like the boat next to mine, is, they live in Sacramento and they come every weekend. Um, so a lot of people do vacation in their on their boats, but it's not someone we need to target since they're already coming to their boats, I would imagine, Vice Mayor. But at some point, what we'd like to tackle is increase the number of visitor uh, births or slips so that we can have day visitors who come on boats and spend the day. Can I, can I also jump jump in and mention that the I think one of the ways that we're also talking to that audience is through PR. Um, so one of the one of the story ideas that they'll be pitching is around, you know, Sausalito as a waterfront destination that's very um, boat friendly and, and that would be talking to all this uh, all of that audience. So um, as part of the tour, we we obviously did tour through the Marine Ship and through some of the various marinas that were there um, and also made a list of a few publications like um, the, the Latitude 38 and Rob Report and some others that were um, that have a an, an audience or a readership um, that aligns very closely with some of those uh, people that are boat owners. So we're we're talking to them in other ways, but it's not a uh, not a specific key point right now. Thank you, Scott. So we're going to have time for two more uh, questions from committee members and liaisons. We'll go to public comment, and then we have a round of closing comments. So. Uh, Let's go to Councilmember Sobieski, and then we'll go to John. Thank you, Chair Riley. My question is whether, uh, uh, Kevin, it has been explored to add a uh, discount coupon voucher promotion code to the marketing campaign that could be embedded in material so that you would have a more direct way of tracking the effectiveness, effectiveness of your campaign instead of looking at gross uh, revenue numbers. Uh, that can be done. Um, typically, what we'd be looking at is you'd be partnering with like a specific local business and have like an affiliate code. Um, it, if we're looking at what we're, again, we're talking about wanting to have that kind of more kind of luxurious um, image that we're painting, that typically conflicts with that. However, where that becomes very useful and another one of our initiatives we wanna be running next year is a shop local program where you, there are actually like things that are very, very friendly to cities where you can get like in-city currencies at essentially no cost to the city other than the cost of promoting it. Um, and you can have like e-gift cards and things. And then you have, yeah, all of the redemption data that you can track for how's that doing. I think that would be really useful for a, uh, a local community or a resident audience that could conceivably be very like habitual visitors and habitual shoppers. Um, otherwise, yeah, 
it could be if it was for a specific business. If a specific business wanted to offer something and we were partnering with that business for that promotion, that's where that becomes really useful. Well, my only thought is we have uh, you know, only a few hotels. It wouldn't be a heavy list, lift to speak to those few hotels. Mm -hmm. They're a primary uh, target of this campaign. One of the identified three, of it, I think, identified major uh, retail targets. They might be willing to enter in such, into such an agreement and uh, it would provide valuable data on the effectiveness of this campaign. And of course, since there are hotels, a fair bit of demographic data as well. Sure, yeah, I think I think that's that's fair enough. We can talk to them about having a kind of a universal affiliate code for the hotels. And uh, unfortunately, Cass is not with us today, but uh, let's follow up with her on that uh, to see her response and then uh, talk to the hotels. So Mr. John DeRay. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I think Scott may have answered this question, but I'm going to ask Kevin. Uh, in the future, um, will we be targeting boat owners for marine services? In other words, is that that capability within your toolbox? And um, is that part of the scope of this contract to do that? You know, Alameda has 3,000 boat owners that lost their marine services. It'd be nice to bring them over here. Um, Latitude 38 would be a great way to do that, but um, I, I, I'm just wanting to hear if, if that's something that um, CDA would be able to accomplish and if that's part of the contract. Um, that would definitely fall under the purview of the contract. It, uh, it, in terms of the exact timing and budget that would be allocated to that audience, that's not something we're looking at for the winter. But it was something right. we floated as as a as a prospective campaign, um, and the way that would be accomplished would be probably primarily through doing PR, like Scott said, like just trying to get stories, earned stories placed uh, in those trade publications that we're talking about. Um, but we could also, you know, if we're starting to see at that point, if we're starting to see um, real traction come in from that or real growth, then it might re also really be worth putting a paid investment and doing like a direct ad placement in some of those magazines too. In, in it's, we should target that in the March-April time frame. Is that's when everyone invests in their oil changes and waxing their boats and fixing their sails. So it'd be a perfect time to do that. Thank you. Um, what I suggest we do is hold off on questions from the committee and let's turn over to public comment. Uh, and then after public comment, we can have closing discussions. So. Um, I see we have uh, Kevin Carroll, who is closest to what's happening on the ground. So Kevin, we look forward to hearing from you. Please limit your comments to uh, three minutes. Hey, Kevin, you've been unmuted and asked to share your video. Okay, uh, I'll pass on the video. I'm not doing well, staying home today. Um, my question is, is there a way, especially since this is an initial campaign to get a feedback loop and I'll mention two problems and I, I'm not talking in terms of these two specific problems but things similar to this um, you mentioned Cavallo point is as a, a, a prime draw of the audience we're going after the biggest complaints I'm hearing from those customers right now is getting into town to our other restaurants where we do get sales taxes from we don't from Cavallo. Um, if I'm available, I'm more than delighted to do it, but I can't always guarantee him a ride back. 
there have been instances, and I don't know how much of this is COVID-related and if it'll ease up in a few months, but there are times when there just aren't any Uber and Lyft available. And people get are, are afraid of getting stuck at Scoma's or Spinnaker or Poggio or any of the other restaurants and not having a ride back. Are we going to be able to get feedback on that? I get also some complaints from not just um, Cavallo but some of the other hotels about the days and hours that the shops are open. A lot of them wanted to go out shopping early, but because of the ferry schedules, our shops don't open till 11. Is there a way we could get feedback from these people to pass on to those shopkeepers to say, hey, maybe opening at 9 or 10 might be a good idea. Maybe the city council uh, should be looking at going to marine transportation and seeing about a shuttle between, or work with the park service, about a shuttle between um, the uh, Cavallo, the Discovery Museum, and the ferry landing. Um, there used to be a San Francisco public bus that ran on Saturdays and Sundays out to Marine Mammal. It's gone, and it doesn't look like it's coming back. So I'm just curious if there is a way to get a feedback loop for those kinds of problems that might inform us. Thank you, Kevin. We will uh, pursue those ideas. I love the idea of a feedback loop. And let's go to Sandra Bushmaker. Sandra, you've been unmuted and asked to share your video. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for your report. I have to share the feelings that other committee members have, have uh, expressed, and I won't repeat them, but I will say they were highly offensive uh, verbiage in your report. And I think you're going to run into a brick wall on this, mainly because uh, the DEI movement in Sausalito is very strong and that we are cannot be referring to our neighbors, particularly those in Marin City as those people or any other low spending uh, tourists as those people. So we're gonna need to correct that uh, because I don't wanna see that as the image of Sausalito out on the marketing world uh, on the internet. Uh, and I would also suggest that you take a look at Chris Zapata, our city manager's presentation from this past Saturday's council meeting on the city finances. In that report, you will see where the sales taxes are coming from. And a large portion of those sales taxes come from the Marin ship. And so I personally would like to see a um, campaign to bring in uh, customers to those marine businesses because those are big ticket items those are not small expenditures uh, if you own a boat as i do you will know you cannot pull the boat out of the water and paint the bottom for less than and these days of around four thousand dollars plus supplies so it's it's an area that i'd like to see uh, uh, have attention to drawing customers to those businesses that exist that provide maritime and and industrial services uh let's see lastly there is a book called charlie's charts which i would recommend that you read uh it has kind of a not a very positive view of sausalito as a comfortable place for cruisers to come and spend money and 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 boats to come into uh sausalito there's a lot we can do to improve on that but I do believe that we have quite an audience 
and, and quite a uh, source of revenue if we can encourage those individuals to come to Rosalito. Oops, someone's saying something. All right, thank you, that's it. Thank you, Sandra. And on your comments and on John's, um, I, I suggest we put a concerted effort to look at what we can do around the maritime industry and uh, increasing our business there. So it is part of our contract. Um, our initial focus was on the December holidays to fill our hotels. But I think getting ready for the springtime, we can look at what we can do around the maritime business. Okay, uh, Serge, is there any other hands raised from the public at this time? Chair Riley, there are no other hands raised at the moment. Okay, uh, thank you everyone. Uh, Kevin, thank you for that presentation and uh, taking this feedback. Uh, you are very good at responding to feedback. And so uh, I think you heard some great things here from uh, the committee and uh, the community uh, and our liaisons. So uh, let's uh, make those adjustments. Uh, Scott, thank you for interfacing and being our uh, point of contact working with the CDA team. This is exciting. This is right around the corner. Uh, let's help our business community. And uh, we look forward to our next update. So thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. And yeah, thank you everybody for your feedback. It's, uh, especially as we're entering into a new contract like this, it's extremely helpful to get feedback from as many people as possible to really help uh, enhance our perspective of, of the community and the realities on the ground there. All right. Okay, so now we're gonna move, uh, we are about four minutes behind schedule, five minutes behind schedule. We're gonna move on to our next topic, uh, which is uh, an update on events that a number of folks have been working on. And so um, I will turn over to Miss Monica Finnegan, please. Hi, Tom. Can I uh, share screen, please? Uh, yes, sir. Should be able to allow you to share screen. Chair Riley, all members and co-hosts are able to share their screen. Okay. Except for those that are doofuses. Okay. I'm clicking on it. There we go. All right. Is that in? Yes? Yes, you're good. Okay. This is a really rough draft. Um, the document that I sent to uh, Kevin was more of informational and that was not the final document at all but a lot of the schedules are on there. I don't know if we need to go day by day on this but this is a collaboration of Sausalito Holiday by the Bay 2021 and we are, had consensus, consensus on that title because we thought that had good branding potential for years going forward. Any other questions from uh, committee members? I have a question. I'm sorry, I don't know why I don't have a, a hand up option. I don't know if I need to update my Zoom, but like it just doesn't exist. So I just keep putting my hand up. Um, thank you, Monica, that was awesome. And I just wanted to ask, um, I know that some of the artists in the Marin ship are planning to do like a tabletop maker like independent maker market uh event i think it's the first weekend of december and i need to double check that would you be interested could we yes. put that on the on the yes. calendar absolutely okay great because icb has put something on too so the more that we know the better great so put okay. it on yeah so Let i'll me know. reach out, i'll reach out to you afterwards okay right. i'll right. double check thank right. you uh-huh i see chris has her hand up Chris, can you unmute? 
I'm sorry, Chris, we can't hear you. Uh, okay. All right, there I am. <laughs> um, just a couple questions. I was curious uh, with Wednesday Night Live um, with Caledonia Street, did they get any action? I mean, because when I went by, it was totally dead, but I went by early. Um, what so I'm concerned that some of these there, I mean, you know, the Bank of America building might get really, really popular, and then the other areas don't get any attention. So just curious. What I heard from some of the merchants, for example, I talked to Katya, and she had like 25 visitors and made several sales. And okay. so, so we had a Caledonia meeting, uh, I think it was last week, where uh, we're really promoting, the, uh, suggesting that they promote the event with the flyer. I'm going to send the flyer out to you guys all again, and you can disperse it at as many places as you can for both November and December. Um, mm -hmm. And now that we have, everybody kind of knows it's happening. Uh, we tried to do some balloon things, but they all popped. So we have to find another way to identify who's open and things like that. But I think that it was successful for the first one. You know, we're going to continue to build momentum and to get everybody working together. So, um, and I think also, you know, the restaurants down there, the, now F3 has changed, as you know, and they have a new, it's called Balka, and it's uh, uh, a Greek, a Mediterranean. I stopped there the other night. It's fantastic. It looks really good. The food looks great. So they are gung-ho on participating. So we just need to have everybody use their social media and help promote it. So okay i was just i was just curious how that goes and then my second comment was the icb artists are putting up a show as i speak in the bay model as a way to promote their open studios the beginning of december so when i get that information i'll send it to you that's great i think they were on the list the, you the, the list i showed you guys is like a working document that is what we have to finish so i think they are already on the list because they're on the calendar that that um, Kevin showed you. So, but send me what you have. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but it, I don't think the Bay Model Show was on the list. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. I mean, I know ICB is doing their, their open studios the beginning of December, but they're doing a show. They have a whole year planned now. I've given them the gallery space at the Bay Model, and they have a whole year of gallery showings planned already. So, it might be something. And since I am the prop, I am the uh, the landlord of Sea Track. I mean, once we move into the spring, it might be something that we talk about or think about in collaboration with Sea Track. So I'm right. just letting you know that. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And welcome back, Chris, from your travels. Good to see you. Um, and also, I want to put a plug in uh, this Wednesday night live. We are positioning a professional uh, singer-songwriter uh, on the corner in between Sushi Ron and the Caledonia Restaurant Row. So it's a catch the southern two blocks of Caledonia. And I encourage you all to come see this musician. He uh, has a studio. His professional studio is in Sausalito. So he is a local musician and has agreed to uh, entertain us. And right. thank, you. thank you for that, Tom. Uh, and thank you for helping me. I should talk. The other group that Tom has uh, referred for December 1 
is actually going to be cool. It's a guitar group that's formed from a company that is in Harbor, the Harbor offices, Harbor One offices. What's the name of the company again? The Period. Yeah, so they have an internal group that are performers and they're going to be playing for us on December 1st in Caledonia. So I think we've got a lot of local momentum going. It's pretty great. All right, before we turn over to public comment, is there any other questions from community members? All right, Serge, at this time, if you could help me just uh, uh, ask for public comment and let me know if anyone has their hands raised regarding our discussion on events uh, that we have upcoming for the balance of the year. Um, sure, Chair Riley, I see no hands raised from the public at the moment, but if you'd like me to, I can um, do a quick um, blurb on how to do public comment. Uh, we should do that at this point. Sure. Video or audio public comment partic participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when time has elapsed. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment. All right, thank you all. It is uh, 4.15, we are right on target with our planned agenda. So let's uh, keep this going. Um, our next item, item business item 4C is a business development update. Uh, there has been uh, a number of committee members um, working on uh, attracting new tenants and also helping existing businesses get through their permitting process. So. Um, Monica, you've been driving that. I don't know if you have any updates at this time since our last meeting. Um, I can just go real quickly through several things. I think um, last time I mentioned that 719 Bridgeway got approved for the Planning Commission. Uh, the upstairs up, uphill neighbor has appealed. And the way I understand the appeals work is the city has 30 days to respond. So the Planning Commission should be responding um, to that appeal. and. I'm hopeful it's going to go forward because I've had a preliminary discussion with Napa Farms and they're still interested. So that's positive because I thought after two years in planning, three years in planning, that they might have backed away. But I think that's that's pretty positive. Um, I've also had discussions with Hotel Sausalito and uh, Pete Petri, the owner, I talked to him like about a week ago and he said that he's two weeks away from getting at least one of the leases signed, which is the um, sort of wine bar restaurant type thing. So I think that's a positive move in the right direction. I think it'll be a year before we really see any new tenancy, about a year before we see any new tenancy because they have to do improvements and things like that. Maybe they can get done earlier, but um, a good forward movement. The city approved the revisions to the exterior of Hotel Sausalito and a sidewalk cafe for that. Um, 819 Caledonia has a lot of construction going on because their skylights were leaking. That's a very sweet little suite, so I've targeted some smaller users for that. I've shown um, 666 Bridgeway and the Princess Street Starbucks store to several tenants. Um, and so we'll see if anything, you know, comes together. Um, we, we, Bob and I uh, met, as you probably know or we reported last time with some of the brokers and we're continuing to talk to a lot of the brokers on a one one on one the brokerage industry is really difficult right now as you can imagine with COVID 
and come November, it's going to shut down, so there's probably not going to be that much activity in December. But it doesn't mean that we can't pick up January, February, March. Um, and I think we talked at one time, there's five new tenants. I just want to, one tenant just sadly has had a difficult time because the ceiling, the roof um, is leaking and has, has really damaged her store twice. And she's been in her store for like two months. So we're trying to figure out if there's any way, I don't know what we could do, but it's just sort of heartbreaking. But anyway, so um, let's see. Bob, did you have anything to add on that? No? Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I can say on the update. Thank you, Monica. Any questions on what's happening in the area of business development? Monica, at one point you had suggested arranging a tour of uh, local uh, communities that are doing really well in their business development, like Tam Junction and Hill Valley. Uh, is that still part of the plan? I think that that's something that we would still like to do. It's just trying to, between the holiday programming, <laughs> um, maybe once that's all settled and finalized, we can do that in the next couple of weeks. Because I think that's an important thing for you guys to see. Yes. Okay. Um, yes, Bob. I would, I would add to that, to the tour, that um, there were a couple of key comments that the brokers made when we did that interview. I don't know if we've talked about this, but um, you know, when, when you look at um, Ham Junction and Main Street, Tiburon, uh, Larkspur near um, Ferries, that area, the Country Mart, and Bonaire, um, clearly what the tenants and brokers are feel that are hurdles in Sausalito is you know, conditional use permits, uh, the formula retail definition, it's very broad. Um, they've all mentioned outdoor opportunities. So the, the, the fact that the city's, you know, addressing the parklet issue is great because any food service really today, tenant really wants substantial outdoor area as of COVID and, you know, people's uh, behavior patterns have changed Automatically with not only, you know, eating outdoor, but, you know, working out outdoor. Now, a lot of clubs have, are really striving outdoor, etc. Um, so, uh, so I think, you know, addressing um, some of our zoning issues would be very beneficial. And then, of course, um, you know, the, the whole issue with an expedited permit process. And I think I mentioned one of our past meetings, San Francisco, for retail tenants has a 30-day expedited process that is actually working. We've, we've had a couple of our tenants go through that process and it's it's super effective. And, you know, considering that a lot of these folks are small businesses, they really don't have the time and the capital to deal with hurdles that are that force them to take six months to a year just to get a permit, let alone go through, you know, zoning issues and all that. So. Those were some of the key keys to success. And I think Ian in the past has commented on um, Golden Gate market experience and frustrations. And ironically, um, the uh, um, pizza hacker, Tam Junction lives in Sausalito. And, uh, but he went to Tam Junction. Um, and, and again, I think it speaks to 
um, you know, for economic development and for Sausalito, we can do as much out outreach as we can finding dependents. But unless the city really changes the dynamic on getting these, de helping get deals done quickly, um, I think we're still going to be falling way behind trying to attract the high quality tenants that are, that, that are at those other five Southern Marin locations that, um, you know, have really attract wonderful tenants that are all the types that have come up in our surveys of the city uh, residents like to see. Bob, so just thank you. That's so in such an informed uh, set of information you shared with us. Just to make it actionable, um, we have talked about incentives that the city could offer from a concierge to help through the permitting process, streamline permitting, waiving some fees, providing you know parking spots, what have you. Would it make sense if we sit down and I know Heidi's on the phone here, but you know sit down with Heidi and, and our city manager uh, and collect these and sit down with brokers and say, hey, here are our vacancies. If you bring us these types of tenants, these are the incentives we can provide and to try to close that gap from the types of tenants we'd like, the types of incentives we've suggested and just facilitate a meeting so that they know we're not BSing them. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'd be a great idea. And two more comments, but they've said is that Sausalito, if you think about all these other five locations I mentioned, Sausalito does not have a parking problem. We have more parking than any of these other locations, number one. And number two, really importantly, we have a whole visitor market that these other five do not. The other five are mainly catering to folks that live in Marin. Sausalito is fortunate to have this huge visitor population as well. It's almost like we have two markets, you know, Sausalito, Mill Valley, et cetera, Southern Marin, as well as the visitors. So I think it's a huge opportunity um, for the city and perhaps, yeah, getting all hands on deck and talking about what you, rec what you suggested, Tom, might make a lot of sense. I, I think we need to do it because we're hearing the same thing, yet we, we're having such productive ideas in our conversations. We now need to connect these ideas with city staff and these brokers um, and see if we can fill some of these vacancies. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to go to Chris. Uh, she has her hand up. Yeah, I was just going to mention that I live in the Larkspur area, so they just finished distributing a fairly extensive survey that reached everything about, you know, life in the area, what do you feel about safety, uh, town hall, visitor services, and then how often do you go to Bonaire, Marin Country Mart, the downtown quarter, North Magnolia. So, I mean, I'm not promoting more surveys, but this is a pretty inclusive survey. Um, and so it might be something that we think about in the future that we could, if we do do a survey on any of these topics, maybe we do something that's, you know, not so targeted on one question, but we get a lot of information with a one-time hit. I got a, a postcard that made me feel very special. You have been specially selected, which I'm sure was not true, but that's okay. And um, you click on the link and it was fairly quick. And then I got a printed copy as well. So um, I'm happy to share and just for future reference, but it, I thought it was 
for this committee, I thought it was a pretty inclusive survey with a lot of things because to Bob's point, yes, we have visitors, but we also want residents to be hear what the residents think and what they, you know, what would make them come down and what would, what kind of stores do they want to shop? So instead of doing all these one targeted questions, um, you know, maybe look at their survey and take some uh, hints from them. And it goes everything from your access to city hall. How do you feel about that? To is your street repaired and all those kinds of things. So I thought it was pretty, it was a pretty inclusive survey. So I have that as a resource and happy to share with whoever wants it. Right. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll send it to Monica. Okay, good. Okay. I'll send it. I'll send it to Scott. <laughs> At this time, just watching our clock, I'd like to see if uh, on our discussion about business development, uh, if there is any public comment. So, Serge, can you uh, help me see if there's anyone raising their hand from the public? Chair Riley, there are no hands raised at the moment. All right, thank you. Uh, we remain, well, we're a minute behind our planned schedule. Um, at this time, we're gonna move to item 4D, which is a diversification update. And I will ask Walter to give us an update on the subcommittee's efforts. Walter, please. Oh, thank you, Chair Riley. I'll, I'll try to talk fast and make up for that minute. <clears throat> um, they, uh, I really wanna update again about, as I have in the last, a uh, couple of meetings about the inventory of the Marin ship, but just to give a little background, in my mind, there's three main reasons for inventory in the Marin ship. And the first one has to do with informing the city of zoning violations and that type of thing. And the second in my mind is, you know, identifying vacancies. Uh, so for curation and the other reason is to afford us an opportunity to really assess and understand the marine ship and actually to, to begin to analyze it. You know, what could we be doing better? So the reason why zoning violations come up is because, because of zoning violations, landlords are able to use their property for a purpose that generates a higher rent than than the purpose that it was zoned for. And when this happens, the overall rents then rise and it makes it very difficult for um, potential tenants to come in and, and afford these higher rents. We're much higher than neighboring areas. So that's the, the context for that because we wanna be able to have a diversified uh, economic base. And if it's all one type of purpose, you know, say for example, office use. If it's all office use, then we wouldn't have any diversification. We'd have a lot of office buildings. So that's the the background of that. Um, vacancies. We and what's really kind of cool is, you know, we need to ask ourselves questions like, what kinds of business segments do we would like to see there? What do we, so analyzing it is what do we have today? How we can look at. Um, Oh, tax revenue by business segment and ask ourselves, you know, which business segment generates the most tax revenue? Where, where do, can we use, where, where can we, um, what kind of business segments would we want to go seek out to augment? Um, 
you know, what's you what's unique to uh, our water access? You know, what types of uh, businesses like marine businesses, and uh, what other kind of questions can we be asking ourselves in terms of the marine ship? So those are the, the thing, kinds of things that we need to be looking at, and we can do that once we finish the inventory. Now, the inventory, um, I haven't done much on that myself because I had a surgery, surgical kind of thing, but the team that has been doing that has accomplished about 20% of the properties uh, verifying the, the business, the, the type of um, business service that they're doing and the address and all that information. So 20% done, and but we're making an, an estimation that we won't be done uh, by the end of February even, unless we get some additional volunteers. So we're kind of looking for people who would, would like to help um, with, with the inventory, the marine ship inventory. We really need uh, some help in order to get this done. Because you know, as we're doing the inventory, it's kind of time sensitive, but even if we look at vacancies, if it takes us you know, three months to finish this, the vacancy that we may have found in month one may not be there in month three or four. So um, we'd like to ask EDAC um, for people to volunteer to help with the inventory. John DeRay has been kind of spearheading the, the um, inventory and um, you know, consolidate, it's, consolidating accounts and, and uh, um, Rachel has been involved with that quite a bit herself. Uh, so they could kind of um, get volunteers started. The both of them might want to share a little bit of how it's going. Rachel had shared to me that's kind of fun actually. So um, maybe some volunteers would like to have some fun and actually get to know the Marin ship a little better by you know, actually walking the neighborhood. So I don't want to uh, belabor any of it. If there are any questions about the inventory, uh, please ask. But then I guess uh, John and Rachel might share a little bit about what the, how their inventory has been going along. Would you two like um, to? Sure. Uh, so uh, I guess some, one of my comments would be that uh, we do continue to struggle with um, access to some of the businesses. And uh, actually some rude behavior, not a lot, but enough where, you know, it, it's kind of makes it a little bit uncomfortable at times. One particular um, business we went to, we um, were not uh, allowed in the door, private security company, kept us from not only coming in, but would not identify the business inside, um, nor what they did. So no sign on the door and a private security company. So I reported that to um, the city manager and um, uh, city staff. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, you know, Generally, it's a pleasant experience, but there are some situations where it's a little tough. And so what we found is a team approach is really works well. Bill and I have teamed up on this and, and done some good work, um, made some progress. Um, and I think what's really gonna come out of this that's of value to the city is um, the, they're gonna be able to verify business licenses. Um, 
you know, we're going to identify the businesses that are there, but then it's going to be up to the city to determine whether or not these businesses have business licenses. And I think in many cases they'll find out that they don't. So, you know, it's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars to the city eventually. Um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to uh, say was a shout out to Heidi and Community Development Department and Enforcement. Um, uh, I understand that there's been some success in uh, one of the non-compliant uses and the city is in the process of uh, of taking care of that along with the help from the fire department so that's it I think Rachel has some uh, also also some feedback yeah thanks John um, yeah I, I mean if you've ever thought about being a census worker that's what we've been doing and I think it's been um, we've been really successful because John and I have been going together and for the most part, people have been very receptive in having a conversation with us and um, sharing their business and, and what they do. We've had one person who, um, you know, they were just like, okay, bye, not telling you what I do, get out of here, um, which we, you know, were polite and left and uh, kind of like looked around as we were going out the door. Um, and I think uh, I just want to reiterate that it would be really great to have at least one more volunteer. Um, it just is really labor intensive. And so um, I've been, yeah, like combing through our, uh, uh, all of our data. And I think that we're on track, but not for December. And just really like want to have some transparency around that. And I think that's everything. Uh, Rachel and John, this is Tom. Um, I think it'd be great just to identify a few days where we have volunteer days. If you go, hey, it's this Thursday, let's show up into two. And I like the idea of going in teams of two, it just feels safer um, and more credible. Um, so uh, happy to offer my time if we pick some dates and you can teach us what you've learned on how best to go about this and give us a range of addresses. How would we communicate that, Tom? That's a great idea. Uh, just sending out a, um, an email to, um, you know, a, to the whole group or, or can we do that? Let's, let me, uh, let me think about that. We can't violate the Brown Act, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, if we are out just doing a census and we're in groups of two, we wouldn't be violating the Brown Act. It's just how we communicate the date. Yeah. Um, but if, if you come up with a target date or set of dates, we can send a one-way communication to everyone um, and uh, start there. Very good. That's a great idea. Are there any, um, anybody other than Tom would like to uh, indicate interest at now or, uh, so we can make sure that we're get, get back to you? or any questions about the inventory. If I have time, I'd be happy to help you because I did this in my profession and I walked all the way from the ferry building to Van Ness, documenting all the tenants and the building owners along the way in high heels. So I'm happy to, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about what you're doing and see if there's a way we can help, but I can't do anything until we get this whole Christmas holiday thing done. Mm -hmm. And also, Tom, we can use we can use volunteers from the community. So, if there's any public that are on this uh, meeting, uh, they can volunteer as well, couldn't they? Uh, yes. 
Yes. So one of the things I'm most interested in, Walter, is um, understanding the vacancies, and I'll use you know maritime vacancies in particular. If we know our maritime vacancies, and we know what type of maritime businesses we would like to draw, then we can make a campaign to go pursue those, right? And meet with brokers and start to make that happen. So is there a way to like to prioritize and say, let's, let's hit the maritime corridor first and understand those businesses and our vacancies. And with that information, we can have a recruitment effort. And, and also on top of that, uh, so I'll, I'll let John answer it because he has more familiar with the detail. But, you know, for example, we could market to the people at Alamina who were displaced, the maritime businesses there. I'm sure there's people who are displaced who would be looking for a water access uh, for their um, their business. John, do you think that we could actu actually uh, pull out, prioritize um, maritime businesses? Or is that difficult? Um, well, uh, it's interesting because I'm already in touch with a business um, that want, uh, wants to uh, move their maritime business to Sausalito, but they need waterfront access and there is none. Um, they're out of Berkeley now. They actually live in Marin City. They were gonna come to this, um, to this meeting, but they couldn't make it. Uh, they, uh, they do a variety of marine services like I said, ideally they would like uh, some kind of waterfront access, but there is no waterfront access um, that is available, um, readily available. Um, and you know, the the closest thing to what's available is a month-to-month -month lease, and I don't even know if that's available. So it's it's kind of tricky, but. Um, uh, yeah so 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 there is you know i think there there are businesses that would like to come to sausalito um and uh we need to you know just study it a little bit and, and make some see if we can identify spaces for them but it's difficult to do that well so john did, did, i guess the question is is it does the uh inventory uh lend itself to um identifying vacancies that are maritime that we can uh, prioritize so we see what we have in terms of maritime vacancies? Well, uh, sure, we could do that. Um, I think maybe Malcolm can talk a little bit about uh, maritime. There are, um, that I know of, um, and I don't know, Malcolm may, may know of some, but so far we've not identified any maritime vacancies. I can comment briefly. The, um, the biggest challenge we have for a lot of these businesses is, as John mentioned, trying to get some sort of waterfront or at least near waterfront access, right? A marine service business can't be two miles inland because they've got a portage, either a mast or engines or big heavy sails, bars. Um, you know, we have a lot of waterfront commercial property here, but it's mostly filled with other uses. So, um, it's gonna be hard to attract those type of, you know, what we'd like to have is these marine service businesses um, because we just don't have like a big shop space with a roll up door. There's a bunch in say the Schoomaker property. Those are all filled with sort of tech and um, you know, other sort of office type uses and 
I think that building was renovated with the idea that they would be more service oriented, but they quickly filled with other uses almost right away. Right. It's a challenge. We don't have a good place to locate the businesses that would like to be here. And here's the problem that we have with it, with the, you know, with the zoning, because they, uh, they, the maritime business kind of squeezed out physically from, you know, because of that. Right. Thank you, Walter. Let's focus at uh, this time on that inventory and getting that completed. So um, I will follow up with you on how to get that note out and get that scheduled. Great, thank you. This time on the diversification update, I'd like to see if there's any public comment on the presentation that Walter, uh, Rachel, John, and Malcolm provided. I'm going through the participants. At this time, I do not see any hands raised. Okay, we're gonna go to our last business item. Um, at the end of our last meeting, we wanted to tackle, you know, what would be the next set of projects or priorities that we could uh, tackle? And I committed to putting them together in a spreadsheet. And I distributed a spreadsheet with actually 67 ideas that came from the Land Economic Study, the former uh, Business Advisory Committee, and the former Hospitality and Business Development Committee. So 67 ideas, uh, including ideas submitted by EDAC, and asked for um, feedback. I'll show you the results that we've gotten from eight of our, our members here. But before I do that, I put together a presentation to share uh, kind of our accomplishments from last year. And I want to see if this is um, all inclusive for you guys. So give me a moment. I'm looking for my PowerPoint presentation to show up. I'm just going to share my desktop, which is a little dangerous, but uh, can you see my desktop? Yes? Yes. Okay. So um, here's a presentation I put together, just reminding everyone our membership and our liaisons. Um, last December, we went to, we as a group decided on six things that we would like to prioritize, and we asked feedback from City Council. And the City Council asked us to focus on the first three items. Revamping, revamping the city permit process, encouraging business development, and commissioning a marineship analysis. Um, on item three, we just said, you know, we recommended to city staff to, to budget a marineship engineering analysis, but we haven't done any work on that. On the first two, I did want to capture um, our retain and recruit subcommittee did the following business development actions. Uh, we submitted a plan to streamline the permitting process. That was 34 actions recommended over three years and a $180,000 investment. Um, we collaborated with the community development director on advancing permits for these five properties. As you've heard Monica give us an update. Uh, and I want to call out to Lily and now Heidi and the CDD team really helped with these five important projects. Um, last August, we held a public set of meetings 
uh, about the B of A purchase, and we recommend it to the city to complete that purchase. And I do believe that that's going to be a great, great property for our city in the long run. Uh, we held six business charrettes uh, with different parts of the business community to get input on how we can be more business friendly community. We've been meeting with brokers on the vacancies that are in town. We did conduct a survey of most desirable future tenants from a retail standpoint. Um, Monica and Bob have been very active in introducing prospective new tenants into our vacancies. And we've had, I think, now five new tenants. But that's a lot of activity to happen this past week. I do give a great shout out to the folks that have been working on these things to improve our business development. In the recover from COVID and attract or market our community, um, here are some accomplishments. Uh, last year, we had the first time we put up a holiday tree in 25 years. Uh, I think council member Sobieski who stepped up to the plate and uh, uh, funded a tree for our town that everyone who came out and helped decorate it, including uh, the chamber and a number of folks. Um, we've subsidized with the chamber, the visit California campaign. Um, and that is, we believe in line with our goal to attract overnight visitors to our town and long stay visitors. You just heard about the CDA project. Uh, Wednesday Night Live, and then the upcoming events that we're planning. So this is a good summary of the activities we had in the area of, you know, recovering from the pandemic and attracting regional long-term visitors. And then we just had an update on our efforts in the diversification subcommittee of um, updating the business inventory and ideally, you know, identifying non-compliant business license taxes non-compliant uses and identifying vacancies. So um, I sent out a spreadsheet with 60 plus ideas of new sets of priorities asking each of you to select 10. And I can bring up that spreadsheet, um, but eight of us responded prior to this meeting. So eight of the 12 members. And I wanna show you what rose to the top uh, from the eight submissions of things that we can tackle next out of those ideas. And to remind you, these ideas were submitted by 37 of them for the land economic study done by Cosmont. Um, a number were provided by the business advisory committee and the hospitality business development committee, and then uh, input from us. Number one, uh, far and away was um, to work on our brand. And I know this will be uh, near and dear to our vice mayor, uh, Kelman, who's been really wanting us to focus in on, you know, what's our brand and how do we um, uh, burnish that brand and have all our efforts behind it. Uh, but that received the largest number of votes. Second was to form alliances with Marin Hotels. Um, and so as we promote our hotels in our town, it's also an opportunity to look at nearby hotels and make sure that their visitors are coming to our town. Um, six of us would like to do an analysis of city-owned properties that are leased and to actually look at those leases when they're being renewed and seeing if we can optimize that lease revenue to the city. Um, item four was actually 
two, it was two separate ideas, and I combined them into one, because one had six votes, the other had five votes, but basically doing a uh, public parking study and a traffic study. But really looking at our parking and having a study to say, you know, can we improve our parking revenues? Um, can we use our public parking better, whether it's for employees or having access to some of the, the business parking lots that aren't used at night? A way to improve our parking. Item five, receiving five votes, was a considering a smaller scale art festival to kind of re get back to our roots as an art community and see if we can get an art festival going again. Item number six was to put in place a business improvement district for both downtown and Caledonia and see if we can get our merchants into a collaborative organization looking to improve those districts, uh, both aesthetically and from a uh, attractiveness and uh, you know kind of recruitment standpoint. And so that's the idea of a business improvement district. And then finally, um, as we've been talking, uh, revising the formula retail requirements uh, rose to the top as well. Um, I excluded all the ones that had, you know, four, three, two, and one votes. Um, I can bring up that spreadsheet if we're interested in looking at it. But uh, this is what I wanted to share today, at least the top ideas, and see how these resonate with, uh, with the committee. I will pause there and see if there's any comments. So, Tom, you sent this out like Thursday or Friday, correct? I sent it out, uh, yeah, mid last week, and then I sent it yesterday again as well. Right. So I'm assuming it's useless for me to now vote because I've been gone and I didn't see it until this morning and you've already picked the top vote getters. So is that, I mean, I don't want to do an exercise that's useless. No, Chris, I think we keep this as a running list, uh, not a one-time exercise. And we don't have to finalize things here. I just wanted to start the conversation of what are the next things we'd like to tackle. So I would encourage you to uh, spend time in the spreadsheet. Okay. Uh, Vice Mayor, you have your hand raised. Yes, thank you, Chair Riley. Um, thank you for, for this list. I am delighted to see um, just the broad range of, of issues covered here. I think that's really exciting from an economic development perspective. Um, I just wanted to uh, inform the conversation and to, to Chris's point, please, um, if you haven't voted on this or weighed in, please do so. Uh, if you didn't have a chance on Saturday, uh, the council spent four hours in a prioritization and planning workshop. And so what I wanted to share with this group was that the three priorities that came out of that are uh, finance, uh, so planning for our long-term debt obligations, um, increasing revenue, uh, infrastructure, um, both maximizing and uh, planning for infrastructure costs and, and new realities like climate change. Um, and then there's a, a good conversation led by the city manager around how to best make use of our, our board and the commissions in light of constraints on staff time. Um, and so I, I would love if um, this list could come in front of the council. And in fact, I think Ian and I should commit to taking that, that on um, to share with fellow council members to to share their and get their thoughts based on those priorities. Um, you know, I know I can sit here and say, I think number three uh, is a great <laughs> effort 
a long overdue, um, but I certainly would love to hear from my fellow council members as well. But it's a, this is a great list. Um, I think uh, Councilor Sobieski and I should commit to taking this on and, and getting full uh, council guidance on this as well, uh, given the, the workshop on Saturday. So I will, I will commit to that uh, and help any way I can. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I would, I, I think part of this exercise is to get to a list that this group thinks we should work on and submit it to City Council to get the support from City Council if that's what you would like us to work on or other items. So that was part of it, is not for us to run off but to get aligned with City Council like we did a year ago. And your, yours and uh, Councilmember Sobieski's help would be great. Um, and I'm happy to bring up the spreadsheet if uh, someone like to take that time to look at it as well. Um, I saw, I see um, Julie's hands raised, so Julie. Um, I just want to add to the um, Sausalito Art Festival on a smaller scale. Uh, Lewis from the Sausalito Art Festival and I had an impromptu meeting out on the street um, last week and we discussed some ideas. We've kind of walked around Sausalito and um, Lewis would like to meet with our city manager uh, to discuss some of the ideas that we kind of looked at. This is in no way saying that the chamber is going to be involved. Um, this is just, he and I were um, sharing ideas of things that we could do for the art festival. So uh, he does have some ideas and would like to meet with the city manager. So I think that is his next step. We are working on that, Julie, on getting that meeting set up for Lewis. Very exciting. Thank you. Uh, Don Daglow. Yeah, I just wanted to comment that if we could time it if possible, so Chris and anybody else who is traveling and really does want to participate, if we could just get those last votes in before uh, this went to council, I think it would be great just to make sure we include as many EDAC members as possible. Uh, yes, and um, I will, after comments, I'll pop up the spreadsheet to show how we can complete it and it's self-telling and um, and it's something we could deliver to our council liaisons um, as input to get feedback from them and what they like our priorities to be. And I noticed earlier, uh, well, I think Councilor Sobieski has his hand down now. Um, I, you know, I was just gonna say, Chair Riley, that on that uh, third point, uh, the city manager is, or the human resource department is soon going to issue an RF or call for employment uh, spot, slot for a part-time property manager. It's going to be part-time because we uh, want to professionalize our city's uh, property. And because it's part-time, it could definitely uh, be a position that could be augmented by the expertise of anyone with a property management background on EDAC or otherwise who might want to volunteer their time. Uh, so there would be a catalyst of a city staff person that volunteers could help uh, augment with the, their background and experience. So keep an eye out for that and um, and just let me know or let yourself know and, and uh, if anyone's interested in that, in that, in cooperating in that way. Wonderful. I am going to, um, can you see the spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. Yes. Part of, part of it, not all of it. Yeah, you only see part of it. Um, yeah. But I want to put this up just for those who haven't spent time in it. Um, 
in column B right here are the list of ideas and they're broken out by marketing and event ideas, business development ideas, I'll scroll down, retail or merchant ideas, hotel oriented, circulation and safety ideas, as well as zoning and planning related. Okay. And these are all what we've collected over the last couple of years. Then the ones that are in green are already underway. And as you can see, I have each of the members uh, with a column where they can go down and submit their top 10 priorities. And just by putting an X and then they total here. And so if I were to sort this column from high to low, I'll sort it right here you'll see that the, the top ones come to the top. So branding identity, brand identity is number one uh, going down through these. So what I suggest we do is we get the other four members um, to complete this. So we have the committee's input and um, I can organize this and deliver it uh, in this format. Here's our priority of things that we recommend working on. Um, to get feedback from city council. And that might be uh, the most effective way of, of doing this. Not finalizing today, but you know, using this as a format of what we think the top ideas are. Does that make sense with everybody? Yeah. And I'll ask our liaisons. Um, I limited the columns to just uh, committee members, but um, I can also get your guys' input into this if I add a column and, and invite you guys to this shared Google spreadsheet. Would liaisons like to do that, please? Oh, you know, I, I'd have to think about that. It's sort of nice seeing where the volunteers want to volunteer. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I'd also chiming in with uh, Janelle's uh, point uh, it might be our role to uh, survey all our colleagues and um, have them weigh in on, on this subject rather than it just being her and I. I, I agree with Ann. Well said. Okay. Um, I will take care of doing that and I'll coordinate with um, uh, our liaisons to get that done. Um, but uh, for the individuals that haven't had time to get into this, if for some reason you're unable to get into this spreadsheet, let me know. Uh, it only take 10, 15 minutes of your time to go through these and allocate your your votes. But uh, thank you for everyone who's contributed ideas. And you can see, um, like here in row 19 and 20, you know Monica suggested two new ideas, right? And so you also can add rows and introduce new ideas as a way of uh, contributing to this. Uh, Vice Mayor, your hands up. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Chair Riley. Again, really excellent work and what a great opportunity to get feedback from you all and, and see where we have expertise on the committee. So um, thank you again for making that point. Uh, I had two questions. Um, one is where where possible if the if the committee has ideas about who um, might own or run the, the items. So, for example, um, smaller art festivals, I'd be interested to know, would that be something Parks and Rec would run with. I know Julie said the chamber wouldn't necessarily be involved with it, but I think it would be helpful to know uh, what type of structure might uh, you all might be recommending. Um, and then I also just wanted to, to comment that on the parking analysis, um, 
what a great idea. I, I, we looked at this a, a little bit on the finance committee and there was a small group that began an analysis and you may know Elliot Holt in the police department actually has a lot of this data, um, but there is uh, some work underway to look at our, our parking and um, you know, we don't do all day parking. We're some of the cheapest so-called tourist parking uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, so opportunities for peak pricing and changing the pricing per lots per usage. So some of that information is uh, already underway. So if there are folks on this committee who are excited by that project, which I think is really fascinating, um, you know, it's you won't have to start from the beginning. There's there's some work you can leverage. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Uh, you know, I would just add there's, there's actually a lot of work uh, in addition to Elliot, who's a city employee, uh, the park, uh, the pedestrian and bike committee members, Kieran and um, Aaron Roller, uh, have been part of this effort, as well as Vincent, who co um, co authored the benchmarking study of the city against other municipalities. They've done a lot of work on parking and have some very interesting models, uh, dynamic pricing and otherwise, that show a range of possibilities for optimizing our parking revenue in town. Uh, so if anyone's interested in that, there, there's a lot of effort uh, being done there to uh, engage with. Yeah, Kieran literally built a model. If you don't know him, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful person, but he's also an extremely bright uh, MIT engineer, works for one of the special Google uh, branches, something secret, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, he built a model uh, to look at this and peak pricing and inflow. So uh, it's well worth a look. That's great. So I, I guess, um, Vice Mayor, and Councilmember, this is a, a list of a lot of great ideas. There's over 60 of them. Um, a way to kind of funnel them to what's at the top of the list. And what we'd welcome back from you is which ones you or the city council would like us to invest time in, right? So we're aligned with your priorities. And you may come back and say, we agree to a parking study, but we're going to have PBAC do that, or we're going to have you know some uh, uh, consultant do it. Um, but there's a way for us to make sure that our efforts are in align with, because uh, we serve at the pleasure of city council. So we want to make sure that we're aligned. And um, we enjoyed the conversation a year ago and we ran off uh, doing a lot of the business development and the permitting processing. So there's just a good sync up. All right, so with that, any other questions? I see Bob has a question. Yes, um, so just quickly, uh, uh, Janelle and Ian, um, Vince and I have done a deep dive with his, his data, and I've reached out to a couple of the private parking lot operators from City Park to Ace, et cetera, and have gotten some great feedback from them who are very familiar with Sausalito. Ace actually runs the, uh, runs the mirror each uh, shuttle. Um, and the, uh, ACE is ready to, to sit down and really do a deep dive with not only the data that we've shared with them that Vint has, but also if we can get with Elliot and, and his team um, and have a, a, you know, a, a powwow with ACE, um, I think it would be really uh, helpful uh, because they've, they've also looked at um, you know the opportunities, not only with the technology, you know, as you've mentioned, but also uh, peak ballet opportunities for increasing customer service and then employee uh, parking with a shuttle for particularly busy weekends, utilizing private uh, office building lots uh, that are completely vacant, um, you know, on weekends. 
Uh, so I think it'd be a great time if if you all, the city, with Elliot, has already have something in motion. If there's a possibility where we can uh, be invited in with Ace and Vince and our team, um, I think we can really help you know move this thing along pretty quickly. Um, and not only I think would it you know in the long run would increase the customer service, parking supply efficiencies, but also importantly. Uh, additional revenue for the city. Uh, when you say invited in, what do you mean? Or in other words, what do you want? What do you need to get this thing you teed up? Um, if, if Elliot uh, Ian has his city data, and we have Vince and and Russ's team data, on top of what best practices are, the latest with the private operators on running municipal lots vis-a-vis other cities and airports that they can bring to the table, the three of us meet and basically kind of do a big brain dump and 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 then take it from there. And I think the city can get a lot of, you know, free advice very quickly. And ACE has actually even talked about, you know, the summer peak season's over, obviously, but even trying to do some uh, test case on, sure. uh, you know, what if we know there's absolutely a busy weekend coming up? What if we took lot one and made it ballet? see what happens and you so know Bob, uh, the, the city council passed 5-0 a direction to city staff to uh come up with a design of downtown that, that uh, improves the parking situation in town uh so that's a direction of city council that's established and i think is the invitation you're talking about so um so maybe it's just uh a matter of connecting elliot with those marching orders and uh, if he's got the and, and moving forward if there's anything I'm, Janelle and I can do to help, let us know. I'm more than happy to, you know, give him a go ahead, get our, our, our group together and reach out to Elliot. I've never met Elliot. So if, if, if someone, you know, at the city, so to speak, can make an introduction, I'm more than happy to help spirit, spearhead this and take a run with it. I'm, I'm happy to facilitate that. I'll take that on. Um, I also know um, the CEO of City Park. I don't know if you know Tim Lunodakis. Tim so. is a high school classmate. Oh, well, he could be uh, helpful as well. So um, okay. yeah, uh, why don't you can, and I connect offline. Uh, yeah, Vincent uh, Rust undertook that with Kieran uh, from a finance committee uh, effort, but, and then um, Councilmember Sobieski would like to be involved. I think that would be fantastic as well. More the better, that'd be awesome. Great. Thank you for that, that's exciting. Excellent conversation, everyone. Um, we are running over, so I'd like to suggest that we see if there's public comment on our next set of priorities at this time. And John, we'll come back to you uh, for comments after public comment. Chair Riley, I see there are two members of the public still in the meeting. However, there are no hands raised. Okay, thank you, Serge. Um, now we can have closing comments, and I see that uh, John would like to make a comment. Thanks, Tom. Uh, regarding this uh, this parking study, um, I don't know if people realize if you look at every single parking spot in lots one and two, there is a sensor that is uh, buried in the asphalt. And I think 10 or to 15 years ago, the city went through an exercise, spent some money to uh, install these sensors to um, optimize enforcement and things like that. And it turned out to be sort of a failed uh, experiment, um, but here it is 10 or 15 years later, 
and um, there may be some kind of technology solution that would help optimize parking. So it's just something I think that should also be looked at. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, Monica? That's a new subject and just a clarification. When I was speaking to Heidi earlier this last week, um, she indicated that it might be possible that the whole holiday program has to go to city council for approval. And I'm kind of like wondering if that's really something that we have to do. I know that we need to have approval to use the Bank of America for like a make, open it up and use it for a makery Santa, Santa shop and things like that. But I just wanted to clarify that so that we can keep moving forward. I don't know the answer to that. Um, possibly Heidi or one of the council members might know if we need city council approval to do that, that group of events. Hello, everybody. If I can um, just provide a response to that. Um, if anything that you are doing um, is not 100% consistent with the code, then there is a provision um, for a temporary use permit for events. And so um, this was a conversation um, that occurred when Monica and I were speaking about the possibility of maybe Equator having their coffee truck um, located downtown. And unfortunately, our code doesn't allow that by right or any other process that could permit it. However, um, if that coffee truck could be tied to, let's say, this winter event, then that's something that could be considered by the council. So it's just, it's really a question of um, what is being proposed, how does it meet the code, and what is the process related to that? So if we had a, a clear definition of what was really going on, then I could tell you definitively what the process would be. The only, the Equator coffee cart is, uh, the Happy Camper is not part of it any longer, but um, I just wanna make sure that I can reach out to some of the makers to be a part of utilizing the Bank of America building. So I understand there might be a meeting on Wednesday to talk about the B of A request that I put in for temporary use. So I didn't realize, didn't know if there's another full scale requirement for city council to approve the whole series of events because it's really with the auspices with the Parks and Rec and City of Sausalito being um, some of the sponsors. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I have not been privy to any of the conversations okay. in the Bank of America, but I could definitely look into it and provide the EDAC or you with a response. So Jill and I are meeting on Wednesday uh, about, for a variety of things, including reviewing the request for the temporary okay. use of the Bank of America building, and we'll make a recommendation on that on Wednesday uh, okay. to uh, our colleagues, which would have to be approved at the next city council meeting. But I think what you're asking, uh, Monica, is maybe Heidi is, is just, if Heidi, maybe you could review the proposal that was here today. And if there are any yellow flags that come up, highlight those yellow flags. And if not, um, then, then don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't want to add process where process isn't necessary. Um, but let me um, review the scope and see um, what if, if something is triggering any type of council review. And we still have time to get this on the uh, November 16th city council agenda, worst case scenario. So, um, so I think we'll, we'll be set if there is a process that is required. Okay. But I'll keep you posted. It probably also makes sense, um, Heidi, let's go back with Chris or Ian and I can, in our committee reports, be sure to report this out. So while formal approval might not be needed, at least we have momentum in favor of, of doing this. And then Ian can work it out with Jill potentially when they meet on B of A this week. Okay. Thank you. 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 Th
Definitely. I can provide you with a, a response um, before the uh, November 9th meeting for sure. Actually, um, I can do that later today. <laughs> yeah, and if we could, Monica, if we could uh, submit, you know, that calendar of events or schedule of events, right. it would be great if our council liaisons could bring it up in committee report outs, right? Right. And at that time, a council member could say, hey, I want to know more or I want to, should we vote on this, what have you. But hopefully it's, right. it's a non-event, hopefully. I'll, I'll, I'll send it, it out. That is a non-event to approve. I'll send it out. It's still in a little bit of draft form, but it's pretty close to being finished. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So um, I'd like to move to uh, item five on our agenda, uh, which is just updates. And um, may I ask um, staff if there is an update? And I don't know if our city manager is still with us or if Heidi has uh, an update. Here, Riley. This is Julie. I have to be in San Rafael to get my booster at six o'clock. May I give the chambers update yes. first? Yes. Because we're, we're running behind. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so the chamber has several events coming up. And the first thing that we're doing is we're partnering with Felicia Gaston um, with Performing Arts. And we're going to have a giving tree at the visitor center and that's where you can come in and get a tag that's going to be on the tree with a child's first name on it and what they would like for Christmas and these are all kids from Marin City and so we have 45 tags that are be on a special Christmas tree at the visitor center where people can come in take the tag with them go shopping for the child and then bring it back here and then Felicia will take it and she will distribute it um, to the Marin kids the other thing that we have is our shop small shop local campaign um, we partner with american express again this year to get swag and november 27th is going to be kind of the kickoff uh, for the shop local it's after black friday i mean we hope everybody shops local and doesn't you know um you know uh, amazon and target and walmart are still going to be here after december 1st and we can shop there but we hope that everybody shops local and of course, the gingerbread house, bread house competition is coming up. And then we have a tapas and wine event that's going to be on the 5th. It's going to be an open house, a ticket event, and we're going to partner with a local nonprofit. So the ticket proceeds will go to the local nonprofit. And it's just going to have um, Hanson's and Abacus and Venus will be serving wine. And then we'll have little snacks. And it's kind of like a kickoff to the, you know, to the shopping holidays of um, Sausalito. So, and the other thing that the chamber discussed at our, um, uh, our board meeting this last month was uh, the smash and grabs that are happening so much in Sausalito. And, you know, we are having, and I know Teresa can attest to this, we're having employees' cars broken into we're having visitors car broken into, being broken into. And I think the one that tugs at my heartstrings the most was an older couple, and I'm saying in their probably mid-70s, whose car was broken into, and their clothing was thrown all over parking lot one, and they came into the visitor center, and the little lady was so upset because her underwear was out there that people could see. And that is what bothered her the most and she would they were physically upset and they were just waiting for someone to come to Sausalito Hotel to check them in. They had only walked away from their car 
for like 10 minutes, they were standing over looking at the water at Inabub Tide. But she was, I just felt so bad for her. Um, so I think that we really need to address this. It, we don't want to have the reputation of San Francisco. And if it continues to happen, so I hope there's some way that EDAC and the police and the chamber, all of us can work together to see if we can come up with some type of solution. So I just want to put that on everybody's radar that it, it really is becoming a problem. Jill, you, you put on my radar last week and thank you for that. Um, I reached out to Chief Rohrbacher uh, with the idea of could we reinvigorate uh, VIPs, the volunteer policing. And I met with him this weekend um, and that program has kind of withered away uh, through COVID and a number of volunteers aging out. Um, but uh, he's open to having a discussion of how we could reinvigorate that program. And I, I share that with the council members, maybe as, uh, as you have conversations with chief as well, as if we can bring VIPs back to help uh, have volunteers. Chris is, yeah. Chris is a VIP. Okay. I founded the VIPs program. I'm the founder of the VIPs. I, I just with the chief. He kind of said, you know, it needs invigoration. So if, if, uh, if there's ways we can help. Well, invigorating or bringing it back are two different things. So I'd be careful saying that it's gone away because there was a whole lot of VIPs at the parade last night. And the VIPs do a weekly, you know, going around checking on people's houses. If they've signed up with the police department, you know that they're away that we go and check on their houses and then part of our patrol is to go through the lots as well to look for suspicious behavior but these people that are doing this are very very brazen they, they they're very calculated they come from the east bay they they stalk the parking lot with one person and then another person comes out it happens in a matter of seconds in seconds and the volunteers and I would tell you, I mean, if you get volunteers doing this, they're not going to want you to be, you know, engaging with these people or trying to stop them. There's been two people that have been carjacked. There's, I mean, they do carry weapons. And so you don't want to be approaching these people on their own. I'm not, I'm not trying to discourage, you know, if you want to help become a VIP, that's fine. But the VIPs are very well engaged, and, and I'll talk to the chief about making sure that we communicate that correctly, that we haven't gone away. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I stand corrected, and I don't want to misinterpret his comments, so uh, it'd be great to have that conversation. And thank you for your service. Julie, anything else? Thank you, Julie. Um, uh, um, oh, yes. Just one quick comment. In the Presidio, what they've done that's helped a little bit is I noticed in Sausalito outside the police department building, there's a lot of police cars parking. And perhaps just parking one of the police cars down in lot one at ground yep. zero, so to speak, might be helpful. Even if it's not occupied, obviously. They have done that too. They have been doing that and they've done that in certain neighborhoods in Sausalito where they've heard that there's been a lot of spent they've parked a, a car and then they move around. Hey, Heidi, were you going 
great. Yeah, I'm just going to give you a quick update from the CDD. Um, I just wanted to let the EDAC know, um, I'm sure many of you have already heard this, but um, the Community Development Department is a full, officially fully staffed um, with planners, um, with the exception of the um, Community Development Director recruitment that is in process. Um, the closing date is um, for that recruitment is going to be November 10th, so it's a pretty quick turnaround. But um, we do have two new planners. We have a principal planner um, who is um, coming from Milpitas, who is amazing, great experience, um, great resume. And we also have a, a new assistant planner who has five years of experience um, from the Midwest. He was working in Michigan. So we're really excited um, to actually have a full complement. We'll also have our new permit services coordinator starting in December. So, um, so with that, including our contract staff, we'll have uh, 11 um, employees in the um, community de development department. Uh, we started unsticking a lot of projects. So the planning commission will see starting in January, um, a flood of projects that are coming their way. Uh, so we are working on that. Um, I also did wanna let you know that we're slowly starting to unwind our virtual counter and actually providing a hybrid option. So starting tomorrow, uh, we will have our counters open uh, for both um, in-person and virtual appointments. Tuesday, Thursday, the appointments will be based on appointment only. Um, and then on Wednesdays, it's gonna be a free-for-all like a normal counter used to be. So anybody can come in at any time. And um, we're starting gradually, um, just based on staff's concern with how this is going to be rolled out. So our counter hours are going to be from nine to noon um, to accept appointments and our um, people coming to the counter, and then we're slowly going to start gradually um, opening up our counter times to an earlier start date and a later end date or end time. So um, we're really excited about this. Um, there is a little hesitation, you know, we've been in COVID for almost two years, and um, it took us a hard time or a long time to get used to the virtual option, and now we're, you know, changing it again. So staff is, is working towards that. So, right. Do you have any questions? No, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. <laughs> we are too. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be really nice to um, to catch up with the uh, the backlog and move things going. Oh, I move um, things along. I also want to let you know that in the interim since July, we've had some consultants that have been helping us out in addition to our cost recovery consultants, and because we had we're fully staffed. Um, we're actually going to terminate that contract early and hopefully we'll have some cost savings associated with that as well. So we're going to better utilize our staff, um, strategize as to you know which planners are better suited at um, getting some of these um, permits out and then just kind of streamlining that. Congratulations, Heidi. It's a tough environment to hire in and to see that you're fully staffed is really, really great. So uh, congratulations. Thank you for the update. Well, and, and thank you to EDAC and the City Council for supporting the staff. So it, it wouldn't be without this group here and the City Council to provide the funding for it. So thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, do our council liaisons have any updates? Uh, I, I have a handful that might be helpful. Um, so uh, first of all, I think you probably all know, we uh, hired a new finance director. She started last week. Um, we're very excited to have her on board and so um, Charlie Francis, who has uh, gotten us back on, uh, on track and back on order, uh, I think his last day is going to be at the end of November. Um, the second thing uh, is I'm having a meeting tomorrow with um, Chad uh, Nordwall. You may know he owns Above Category. Uh, he's looking at bringing a uh, gravel bike race to Sausalito, or at least to the Marin 
Southern Marin area. Um, he's done it a couple of times, I guess very informally. They had 150, 200 people. Um, he thinks he can get 250 to 300, wants to know kind of what could we make it something, um, particularly with Caledonia uh, kind of maybe closing the street and getting restaurants involved. So um, I'm super excited about that. I'll report out and grab whomever, probably uh, Monica feels like that's you uh, who I should report back to. But um, if anybody is interested, uh, let me know that's meeting is tomorrow. And then the last thing, um, you know, we're constantly thinking about new revenue streams. And so crazy idea, but maybe not so crazy. Uh, I look out at Cass Gidley uh, from my, uh, my living room here and my understanding, and I could be wrong, is that um, those who uh, own yachts pay a pretty high fee or could pay a high fee for pickup and drop off of their passengers. And since that is city owned property and one of the only places uh, where we have boat access onto into Sausalito, that could be an interesting project to look at in coordination with the nonprofit that runs Cascadely. Um, so I just want to plant that seed because uh, one of my goals is to increase uh, access to Sausalito from the water. Uh, I don't know quite how to do that, but that's a great opportunity uh, there. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is I'm just really excited with kind of as I learn everybody's expertise, it's, uh, it's fun to and exciting to align that with some of the, the priorities. So I appreciate everybody, you know, chiming in and weighing in where they have years and years of experience. So thank you for all that time. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I, Vice Mayor touched on all the points, but I will just tip my hat to Heidi for her accomplishments here in a short period of time uh, in an area that seems to be a, a persistent challenge to the issues that EDAC is wrestling with. So congratulations, Heidi. And a particular note is what John Dre made mention of, which is a longstanding exemplar of uh, of the challenge of enforcing things in the marineship was this man cave that uh, moved into the space that had displaced uh, Gary Testa's um, uh, engineered fluids company. And uh, it seemed like nothing could be done with that. And something has been done with that. So congratulations on that as well. That's an exciting update. Thank you, Councilmember Sobieski. Okay, uh, the final item we have to talk about is our next meeting date and time. Um, we moved this to 3 to 5 p.m. just uh, at the request of some members. Our next meeting is scheduled for December 6, which will be the first Monday of December. Uh, traditionally, we do 2 to 4 p.m. This was 3 to 5. I'm happy there was discussion of doing 6 to 8. And CAS is encouraging as soon as possible to have an in-person meeting. Um, I'd like to get feedback if everyone would like to go back to two to four or repeat this time or later. I like this time. I like this time too. Much easier for me. Yeah. It's nearly impossible to do two to four. Uh, Mondays and Fridays are just the toughest days of the week for us. We shall do December 6th from 3 to 5 p.m. Good. Um, also, Tom, you never took public comment on items 5A to 5D. Thank you, Teresa. So <laughs> items 5A to 5D were um, updates from the staff, uh, Julie from the chamber, um, and, uh, and our council members. So at this time, Let's open up for public comment. Chair Riley, uh, two members of the public continue to be in the meeting. However, there are no hands raised. 
All right. I do wish to thank Kevin and Sandra for uh, spending their time with us this afternoon. Um, Sorry, I have my hand up for one last thing. Well, oh. okay. If anybody knows any musicians or any other kinds of uh, folks that we could uh, contribute to January, February, March, Wednesday Night Live, I would love your information. Uh, Tom has helped a lot, and we just need to get a couple more for the following, for the new year, January, February, March. So if anybody has any introductions, that'd be great. All right. With that, I thank everyone for their time today. I always try to run these on time, but we stretched out a half an hour late. I apologize for that. Uh, I look forward to working with you all in the next month and seeing you December 6th at 3 p.m. Thank you, everyone. This meeting's adjourned. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everybody.